106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear end on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Had a great hour, by the way, on Fix-It Radio. Really appreciate uh, the guys from Absolute. and Had a great time with them. And, uh, again, any, anything you need when it's around the house stuff, just go to fixitradio.com, find all of our sponsors, and we've got some great ones, and I appreciate each and every one of them. Josh Goff, though, joining us, but not only a sponsor, but a great participant in Drive Radio as well from up in the Boulder area. So those of you that are in the north end of town, Literally, whether you're out in Erie, Frederick, Firestone, Niwot, Gunbarrel, Longmont, wherever you're at in that whole area, Louisville, Lafayette, Superior, Josh is really pretty centrally located to all of you. It's an easy drive for any of you. Exactly. Yeah, we're east of town, so easy you don't have to, get to go. To. You're not going all the way into Boulder. Let's just say that. <laughs> exactly. You're on the east side of Boulder. It's an easy trip, so don't don't let that scare you if you need something at all. And especially those of you that are driving some of the hybrids and EV vehicles. Josh went to a class this last week. We're going to talk some about that and some of the uh, quote-unquote misconceptions that, hey, I just buy an EV vehicle, plug it in and go. I don't have to do anything else. That's it. That's the only thing you have to do. That's all they think. (laughs) Exactly. Plug it in the wall and away we go. Uh, No, there's there's more to it. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Yeah. And as some of these cars start to age, people are realizing there's a lot more to it than what they knew. So, again, we'll get into some of that today. Questions, call us. The lines are open, 303 477 5600-303-477-5600. And because somebody wanted me to talk about license plate theft and expired tags, I thought, you know, why don't I just add as the question of the day your favorite or worst vanity plate you've ever seen? And there's some really good. We haven't done this one for a while, by the way. We haven't done this question for a while. So tell us what your vanity plate is or what you've seen, what you like, what you don't like. Some of them, by the way, are really hard to understand. You almost have to be a, you know, sort of this linguistics manger to even understand what the goofy license plate says or stand on your head and read it upside down. I mean, there's a lot going on sometimes with these things. So uh, let us know what your favorite is. Again, 303-477-5600. And uh, anyways, love to talk to you. Any, any questions you've got for us, let us know. All right, I got a joke. Uh, I think listener Joe sent me this. Saw a homeless man. And asked him if I gave him $20, would you buy beer? He said, no, he hadn't had a beer in years. Then I said, if I gave you $20, would you buy car parts? He again said, no, he got rid of his race car 15 years ago. So then I said, I'll do you better than 20 bucks. I'll take you home, get you all cleaned up. My wife will cook a fantastic meal for you. Then I'll bring you back and still give you 20 bucks. He asked me, won't she get mad? I said, it didn't matter. I just want her to see what happens to a man when he stops drinking and building cars. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> uh, anyways, Joe, thanks for sending that. I appreciate it very much. Again, 303-477-5600. Also today, I'll get into a little bit. There's some new research out. A company called Zootobi revealed where the most expensive areas are in America 
to own and run a new car in 10 years. So the 10-year you know, average cost of a car. And it does vary, believe it or not, by state to state because of not only fuel prices, but insurance, license plates, registration, even the cost to fix a car. Mm-hmm. You know, there's places around the country, I know just from consulting shops as I have for many years now, uh, the labor rates and what's going on with, with even the cost of parts varies greatly from one part of the country to another. And for, for some of you out there thinking that we are one of the cheapest states, actually, we're in the top 10. We are number 10, believe it or not. Hmm. So Colorado is on the list number 10 of most expensive places to own and operate a vehicle. And some of that, again, has to do with just our road, well, the gasoline, all of that. I mean, our gas prices here, I mean, you can go out of, you can go out of state, immediately hit, you know, for example, go to New Mexico, Texas, even Wyoming, and save 30, 40 cents a gallon pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. Just, There's that much difference. It's amazing, just yeah, taxation-wise. Yeah, what was it like? You went over to Utah. Did you notice what it was like over there? It was about the same. Okay. You know, and around Salt Lake, it was a little bit cheaper. But then I went down to Moab, and Moab tends to always be on the pricey side. <laughs> well, it's you know, kitchen the tourists. Exactly. That's what it's they do. What the way it is. <laughs> All right, 303-477-5600, or text us, 307-200-8222. We'll get your questions answered, 307-200-8222. All right, so kick us off. Talk to us a little bit about what you learned going over there with EVs. And, and, and we talked in depth here uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. Just and I learned a lot just in the short time we talked on Thursday and, and again, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to EV vehicles. And you've got a little chart here you brought me when it comes to the actual plugs that are being used. Let's talk about that. There is. So, you know, I just spent the week out in Salt Lake at Weber State University. They have, I think, one of the best hybrid and EV programs going right now. You know, kind of in the independent side and in the dealer, it's kind of hard to get good training. So I went down there and spent the whole week there and learned a lot. I mean, you know, what, one of the main things is batteries. Batteries are going to be a big deal, and the new batteries have to be cooled. So they have a full cooling system on it that needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And even though you have an electric motor you know, running the car, there's still a gearbox because the motors are running 20,000 RPM, and you know, we're not turning our t- tires at 20,000 RPM. <laughs> so right. there's, you know, the gearbox are going to have to be maintained. So there's going to be fluid changes. It's not like... You, know, you we were telling me there's actually an oil filter on a Tesla. There is. Which most people would never guess. And in the all-wheel drive, so they have the same gearbox basically front and rear, just kind of flipped over. Okay. And they have, you know, oil filters on it, and there's service on that, too. So. See, most people owning Teslas <laughs> have no idea of some of that stuff. I mean, Tesla may have told them that and be reminding them of it, but the reality is most people buying one of those have no idea there's maintenance to do. No, they think they just plug it in. and Plug it in, put tires on it as needed, which we also know, and this is just a commonality for those of you that don't know this, uh, they eat tires faster than a regular vehicle does. A lot of that has to do with the weight and mm-hmm. the regenerative braking that's going on. So they're they're actually a lot harder on tires than a regular vehicle would be. And, and I'm going to say probably 30% more, maybe even in some vehicles more than the 30%, but they're harder on tires. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was surprised. You know, we had two Teslas there, an S and a 3, and the size of the CV axles on this. I mean, they're almost three-quarter ton size CV right. axles. Right. Well, they're heavy vehicles. They are. They're heavy, and the regenerative braking, so they got you know both wear ways. and tear both ways. Right. And unless you have a manual transmission to actually downshift, right. you know, nobody's got that kind of wear on it. So. Correct. No, I, no. again, uh, Josh learned a lot. I've learned a lot owning one. In fact, I think I'll brag a little bit and tell you that I think as a program itself – 
we've got as much, if not more, experience collectively when it comes to the EV side of it than probably any other radio show out there does just because of what we own, what we do, the mm-hmm. knowledge we've gained in all of that, and so on. And, and, you know, part of that is because we know it's coming. You know, it's, it's almost being pushed on us, which I don't care for, and you guys know my feelings on that already. I want the free market to do that, not to have it pushed because of incentives or other things. But, you know, bottom line is it, it, it's being pushed on us, and, and they're coming, so you might as well learn them. You might as well know about it. Yeah. We have to. It's one of those things. As a shop, especially, you got to know it. Be ready for what's going to be in our they're base. they're coming down the pike. Yeah. yeah. And the dealers be... are not going to be able to handle everything. No. And that's what I don't think people understand with Tesla. You know, Tesla used to bring it all in, but now he's building 200,000 cars a year from 25,000. Right. There's no way they're going to be able to maintain all those cars for everybody. Point. So they're going to have to come see the independents. That's a great point. Randy out in Lyman, what's going on, sir? Hey, I had a question for you, John. On that uh, BG's, I think it's the EPR or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is that in part a uh, flush, motor flush kind of a deal? Um, and the reason I'm asking, the reason I'm asking is I, I want to get my oil changed there probably next week. And if that's going to take off the, you know, the varnish and the tea stains and all that kind of crap, I'm all for it. But being a 21 year old vehicle, this, you know, 99 Jeep Cherokee, you know, I don't know if it's got any like, let's say, booger type size, you know, build double carbons you know in there i don't want that knocked into my my pickup tube or my screen or some little orifices that the oil needs to go through so i mean is that something in other words i guess i want to ask i want to use it should i use it for 100 miles should i use it for you know 10 minutes so i mean before i change the oil or what, what do you think yeah the instructions are you pour it in and then you kind of warm the car up and let it idle you know maybe bring it up to a thousand rpm so you're not going to knock off even if you do have that amount of varnish or you know that kind of carbon buildup you're not going to knock off those big chunks right away and plug up your oil right. screen and all that. And that's why they do it that way. I mean, I've secretly ran mine well, for two days in my car without any issues. But BG won't, you know, they, they, won't, they, they won't advise they, that. They, they don't advise that. Right. right. All right. Well, then, then two questions on that. Uh, let's say I run it for, you know, we just run it in and change the oil, then I probably won't have a chance to knock off the varnish. I wouldn't think that quick. It, it won't, but, but what I would do if I were you is I'd do this oil change with it, just, you know, pour it in, do exactly what it says on the can, and that'll right. get, you know, and then the next time through, you could run a little bit longer because you're going to knock okay. off the heavy stuff, that, but not enough that you're going to, you know, plug things up. And you're doing it prior yeah, to the change anyways, Randy, so if there's anything in there, you're going to drain that. You're not driving the car. It's just sitting there in one spot. You know, it's, right. it's not getting sloshed around or anything along those lines. So you'll be able to drain that out. The filter, of course, is getting changed mm-hmm. as well. So your chances of having a lot of garbage, I guess you could say, left behind is pretty minimal. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to run a detergent oil after that, too, to help clean it up, right. too. You're just kind of right. knocking the heavy stuff off with the EPA. The idea here is to keep those rings heavy, nice I mean, and loose is what this does. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see through the pan, so it, it knocks off if I even have it in there because I did just have, uh, within the last year or two, yeah, uh, he changed the uh, oil pan gasket, and so I'm sure he cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how deep he got into cleaning it up, but my point is, all right, the part two of the question would be, if it's not going to knock those big pieces, assuming they're there, then let's say, you know, if it loosens them up in between my next oil change, now it went down in there and got the pick up in the tube, or am I overthinking it? I, I think you're kind of overthinking yeah. it on it, because I've run it in some cars that I, the oil really bad and you could look through the valve cover and just see the whole rocker assembly was just covered with all kinds of stuff and we had no issues yeah. from it 
you know, and, and I've also run the cars where, you know, before we started the, the oil looked clean, I pour it in, let it do its trick for a few minutes and that oil comes out black because it's, right. it's doing what it's supposed to do. Well, the thing is, I want the varnish and all and everything out of there. I just don't want any chunks blocking the, the screens. I mean, I mean, you can understand that. I mean, I don't want to make a problem trying to be good to my car. And, I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, they they've done the science on this, and and you know the only way they're not going to stand behind it is if you don't you know do what it says on the can. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you guys have a good weekend. Hey, you, you do too. the Thank same, you. Randy. Appreciate the good good call, by the way. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate that. Lines open three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. And uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Home values are rising 8, 10, and 13% in some areas. Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM. 720-895-0500. Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. NMLS 298-191. For years now, you've heard me talk about Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and yes, for almost 20 years, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center has been taking care of our pets. From medical, grooming, boarding, and even training, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center is your one stop for all of your pet's needs. Not only is their facility state-of-the-art, but now you can download the free Lone Tree Vet app and visit their online store for your pet products and pharmacy needs. You can also have your very own pet portal. Plus, don't forget to read their blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. Do you take your dog on hikes? Check out hiking the trail safely with your dog. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe all pets deserve to have a good life. Call today, 303-708-8050, or check them out, LoneTreeVet.com. Most of us think of the days when we'll be retired. Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. 
but you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, R, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Charlie Grimes, your engineer, and, of course, Larry Unger answering phones as he typically does on Saturdays, which we appreciate very much. Thanks, Dennis Brewster, last week for filling in. I do appreciate that very much. Tom and Peyton, you are next. Hey, hi, John. A dialogue for me a little bit on uh, my wife's 2008 RAV4 that burns oil 160,000 miles and... Am I just, is it just what it is, or is there going to be any cure for it? How much oil is it burning? Uh, we started out burning about a quart per thousand, okay. and now she's burning about a, a quart every uh, every second tank of gas. So about 500 miles or so. Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah That's a lot. Uh, you know, the easiest thing to try is the EPR oil change. Yeah, we just talked about it with Randy, yes. Because right, main... I heard that, Yeah. The main problem with that RAV is that the oil control rings stick on those, and yes. it was a problem. They did a lot under warranty. You're, you're out of warranty on it, but that was the issue on it. They even made you do different oil change intervals and things like that on that vehicle early on because they started realizing the problem, Tom. Exactly. Okay. Well, I've been using EPR. I can I can double up on that a little bit and maybe try some old uh, some old school cures too. Well, now how often are you doing it now? Uh, the EPR, probably every other oil change. Yeah, I'd start every oil change just mm -hmm. for these next few and see what it does. And how often are you doing an oil change? Uh, we're out in the country, so we're probably doing it twice a year or so. I'd probably step that up and go about 4,000 miles so we can try to get those rings loosened up a little bit and see if we can help this. And are you running okay. synthetic oil on that? Yeah, yeah, Good. full synthetic. Okay, because okay. yeah. I, I, I see a lot of these, and that's kind of our trick, you know, to the stopgap is to do EPR oil changes, every oil change, and to run a good synthetic in there. And it's, it's helped, you know, some of them, they went from 700 miles between burning a quart of oil to over 1,000 now, so. Yeah, my, my wife doesn't, she's adverse to having to pop the hood and check the oil. Sure. Has, uh, <laughs> I get that. Get a little pushback there. Yeah. Uh, does increasing the oil viscosity help at all? No. No. Okay. Because I'm running 15. In fact, sometimes can make it worse. Believe it or not, that's, oh, the, other, that's the other misconception okay. a lot of folks have. Is because the old days we would increase the viscosity to try to fill some of that in and take the oil consumption down and so on. But it's the opposite today. In some cases, that heavier oil will actually compound the problem, not make it better. Okay, I'll double up on EPR and give that a shot. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. You bet, Tom. Appreciate it very much. As always, it's a joy talking to you. Jersey Joe joining us. What's going on, Joe? John, I'm going to ask you a question about the EPR, my uh, Telluride, but before I do that, uh, just a little history, and I'm going to ask you why. For 20 years, I drove nothing but Durangos with Hemis. Mm -hmm. I had five of them, and all of them except the one I hit a mule deer with 
went over 100,000, never did EPR in any of them, and um, like the last one, 130,000 miles of trade-in, compression was still factory spec, and I would always check the oil the day of the oil change, and never were any of those cars ever down nope. even a quarter of a quart. Nope. So what was it about the Hemi that it didn't need the EPR? It wasn't a direct injection engine. Mm-hmm. Okay. The direct, right. in, the direct oh. injection engines are harder on the oil rings, even the combustion chamber itself. They, they don't get the typical, quote-unquote, cylinder wash that you would normally get with a, a regular, even just a regular injected into the intake manifold vehicle. You, you know, you, you don't get the same carbon buildup even uh, on, a, on that type of a system on the back of the valve that you get on a direct injection vehicle. Folks, for, you, know, you, you understand this, but for everybody else listening, every engine has leakage. There's no way to get it totally sealed up. There's always going to be, even when you shut the vehicle off, some backflow, if you would, that comes back into the intake and so on. And that's where a lot of that carbon buildup happens on a direct injection engine because there's no... There's no ability for the fuel itself, Joe, to do any washing of those components. I'm using that term loosely, but there's no washing with fuel of any of those components because the the injector is now directly in the head, typically in the middle of the combustion chamber. Mm -hmm. All right. So, but is that a way of saying that I know this isn't good for sales, that people who are using, who are driving a, a Dodge Hemi don't need to use EPR? You don't have to, and we've even said it here, you don't have to do it near as often. If you've got an older engine, older technology engine probably is a better way for me to say that, a non-direct injection engine. You know, once a year, once every other year with EPR, you'd be fine. Every, you know, 30, 40,000 miles, something like that, you'd be fine with, no issues whatsoever. And it's more maintenance than it is anything. It's not a have to because of what you're even saying. Joe, if you run good quality fuel, good oil changes and so on, it's not a huge issue. But on direct injection engines, on your car now, it's an every oil change thing. Really? So I should start with oil change, yes. number one, because I'm coming up. All right. So the, this, so this three up on my very first oil change here in probably about three weeks so i should do epr the first oil change and every oil yes. change thereafter i would yep. and if you do okay. bg by the way bg's got a warranty for everybody listening this is a great a great segue by the way joe thanks for asking bg has a a lifetime warranty on their products for you and your engine if you start doing this now and do exactly what they say all the way through you've got an added layer of protection even over what the factory gives you all right, and does uh, BG have a distributor on the East Coast? I mean, that they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, just everywhere. Do B, yeah, you can do BG Find a Shop, and a lot of the Napa stores handle them nationwide. But BGFindAShop.com. All right, well, that's great information. I was kind of wondering, you know, you know, how soon I should start and how often, and you just answered both those questions for me. Yeah, I would. I would, and for all of you listening, in in the majority. Of vehicles sold today, Joe, I'd have to go through and look at each individual make and model, but there, let's just say this, a non-direct injection engine today on a new car is the exception, not the rule, where before a direct injection engine was the exception, now it's become the standard. Almost everything produced today is a direct injection engine. And uh, to your knowledge, John, uh, not that I'm ever going to buy another one because I had five, but on the, have they changed anything in the Hemi? Or are they still producing it the way they were 10 years ago? It's, no, it is not the same engine it was. I mean, it's the same configuration engine, but they're in, or the, their injection, the way they've done the induction, uh, even the way they've done the camshaft timing and so on, yes, that, that's, become, that's always an advancement, and it's different now than what you had in the last one, even if you went and bought a new one. 
Yeah, the, the one I traded in was a 2017. Again, I had 137,000 miles on it. It uh, was I had the compression check at 120. Uh, it was still factory spec, and it still wasn't uh, losing a burning a drop of oil between oil changes. So, and they were great uh, engines. The only downside, as you know, from owning one, the only downside they had is they sucked on fuel economy. Guy <laughs> would average. I was getting about 20, and now on this Telluride, I'm getting 26 and 26. Correct. And by the way, you're 20. You're you are very very good, and, and are probably a really good light footed driver to get 20 because most people driving those are. 16, 17 miles to the gallon on average. And a pickup truck, you've got better aerodynamics on that one, but on a pickup truck, they're 14, 15. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> if you want to talk sucking gas down, just before I sold it when I left, but I had a Dodge Ram pickup with a V10. V10. Oh, they were, they were, they were hogs. 10 miles to the gallon all day long. If that, yeah. Well, that's without the trailer. When I would hook up the horse trailer, I'd get maybe seven. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's basically the same configuration yeah. engine. It's not the same engine, but the configuration's the same as what's in my Viper. Those V10s, I mean, they got littler pistons, but, man, they are hogs. They do not get fuel economy at all. And didn't the, the didn't the pickup truck have a cast iron block and yours has an aluminum? Correct. Block? Yeah, there, yeah. I was gonna say it's not the same engine, but the configuration and the idea of the V10 is. Okay. All right. Well, John, that's good to know because uh, I wasn't sure if I should. Uh, good thing I tuned in because I was coming up an oil change and I was wondering if I should, you know, start EPR. Oh, that and that's another one too. That despite what the factory says, I would be doing five thousand mile oil changes on that car just because of what we're talking about. All right, so you wouldn't go six. Nope, I would do five on that one, just regularly do five. You'd be fine. All right, appreciate that very much, John. Thank you. Joe, as always, it's a joy having you, man. We'll talk to you later, and uh, Joe's a great listener. we got lines open, 303-477-5600. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. This is probably the only winter that Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will recommend replacing your furnace early rather than repairing it. They want to protect you from weeks without heat. Because Absolute Electrical Heating and Air only sends technicians to your house, not salespeople, they normally prefer to fix your furnace. They enjoy the fun of problem solving, getting an old furnace back in working order. They will gladly come back again and again to repair your furnace, extending its life and saving you the expense of a replacement. This winter, however, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is one of very few HVAC companies with furnaces still in stock. Right now, your old furnace is working fine because it's not very cold outside. As soon as the temperatures drop dramatically, and you know that could happen any day, your furnace will need to work a lot harder to heat up your house. That's when it could die. Replace your furnace now. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. It's that time of the year. The holidays are fast approaching, and you want to make sure your vehicle is ready for whatever old man winter throws at us. 
Let Extreme Auto Repair get you ready for the holidays and for winter. With supply chain issues affecting everything we purchase, make sure you don't delay in getting whatever you need for your car or truck before it's too late. They service all makes and models of vehicles and specialize in diesel repair. Don't forget, they sell tires, and Cooper tires are sold to you at their cost. Don't be that person who waits until the last minute to get your vehicle ready for winter. Get into Extreme Auto Repair now. Find them at drive-radio.com or call 303-841-1071. That's 303-841-1071, Extreme Auto Repair. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. All right, we're back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from uh, Boulder and... We did a little bit of research, so I want to make sure that I was telling Joe the exact same thing. And I do not think, I was I misspoke, I do not think they have direct injected the Hemi engine as of yet. They've continued to do some improvements on the uh, camshaft timing and some things along those lines, but it is still a, uh, a non, it's an injected engine, of course, but it's not a direct injection vehicle. Now, it's not exactly the same engine as it's been in the past but i think as far as the 2017s even on up i from everything i'm reading there are some differences but they're but they're subtle at best so mm-hmm. there's not a, there's not a ton of changes there so yeah that is still one engine that if you're looking at something and you don't want to have to do some of the you know epr and the other things that we talk about on direct injection vehicles it is one of those exceptions i just mentioned a moment ago craig is next craig welcome sir hi john how are we yeah, doing? I had another, oh, well, I'm out in the garage going through all my, you know, if you haven't used it in a year, it's time yeah. to donate it. <laughs> yes, i got to do more of that. I did some of that a couple weekends ago, but i got to do more of it. But uh, question, I had a real goofy experience at the emissions testing place, our favorite place to go, uh-huh. all places. <laughs> so I, I won't go into all the details to bore everybody, but could you? they do have a public information person. Do you think you could get, I believe it's a she, get her on sometime to answer some questions why it's never the same way twice sure i can do my best on that definitely yeah i mean it just you know i got one of those drive-by emissions things but i still got a card that said i needed emissions test i go in i 
go through, have to wait in line and get into the bay. Oh, you don't need an emissions test. I said, well, you know, it'd be nice if you could communicate this with the county so they could send out a card that said no emissions test required. Right. Make it more, make it more uh, standard is what you're trying to say. Right. But um, I attempted to call her and never got a call back. So maybe you, I'm yeah, sure no, you... I can find out. Sure. No, I'd be happy to. Okay. And then uh, next thing I had to go up to uh, Planet Honda yesterday. Now, I'm not, not trying to give them a plug or anything, but uh, to get a key cut, and mm. they have no inventory. Nope. Mm-hmm. They don't. No, right they... now, about the only buddy I've seen that has any kind of inventory is there's some Lexus RXs on some lots around town. I don't know why that particular model there's inventory, but there is. I also know that Kia Hyundai, and it's there's this is very well known. Uh, there's even been some some articles published about this. They, for some reason, had some foresight into what was going on, and either ordered up extra chips, components, whatever. But Kia Hyundai actually has not decent inventory, but they have some inventory. And of course, some of the exotics, you know, Craig, some of the higher price cars. There's a few of those around, but you know, there's even even on that. I mean, you go look at even BMW, Audi, Mercedes. I've driven some of the, through some of their lots here lately, and there's some used cars on the lot and some of you that are seeing cars and saying no john you're wrong there's cars on the lot the majority of those cars are used cars there are very very few new cars in stock right now anywhere and i was in the parts department and i asked the guy how they're dealing with parts in their department and he said well i said you know i thought i wonder how much of their parts are coming from overseas and how much are domestic he said the percentage of domestic to foreign is 20 percent domestic uh 80 percent overseas so they are definitely having some problems they're starting to air freight stuff that they can yes mm-hmm. yes they're yeah not, and they've been not, doing that for a while to try to catch up on that which again just pushes the prices up when right you do that and then i just happened to stumble on to the new z06 corvette have you seen it i put my name on one yes i did <laughs> i imagine well, i was going to ask you that that was my next question whether i'll ever get um, one or not i have no idea but i yes i put my name on the list for all of the people that jumped on the chance to get a C8 and then they come out with this monster, it's like, okay, I, I see a bunch of people with C8s uh, either trading them in or I've even seen Craigslist ads where guys are just, you know, right up front saying, I'm selling my C8 because I'm, I'm putting my name down on a Z06. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like, you know, me, I'll, I'll just add it to the fleet and don't worry about it. Now, could you explain? I'm not the gearhead that you are, but okay. uh, the difference between this flat, Plane, sure. crank, and the, yeah. the standard uh, C8 Corvette. Yeah, well, yeah no, that, that's a great question. And uh, flat planes have been around for a while. It's not something new. Uh, the reason why they weren't used is because of the, how should I say, the, the tone. And, and I will also be honest with you, a lot of it has to do with just the, the general, uh, the way engines have been built for years in the firing orders and the balance issues and so on. And, and while a flat plane crank really doesn't have any balance issues, they've even been able to make those even smoother today with the advancement of the balancers and things that we now have that we didn't have some even 20, 25 years ago. But flat plane cranks have been around for a while. So a, a flat plane crank is truly journals with a 180-degree offset, not a 90-degree offset like a traditional engine would have. So if you look down the center line of a crankshaft, you'll normally see the journals offset 90 degrees from one another. A flat plane crank, they're literally 180, 180 degrees apart. That's the difference. And the without having the balancing issues is why it can rev faster and at a higher RPM? Is that 
Correct. Is that how that works? That's okay. why they have a different sound to them as well. And and, and typically speaking, too, the other reason why I believe, and this, this is me talking, I've not read anybody's you know, explanation on this or anything, but my own common knowledge of how engines work, I also feel like the reason we haven't used flat plane cranks in a lot of just traditional daily vehicles is the power band, to your point a moment ago, is they are a much higher revving engine and you know, you know, fuel consumption and so on is going to be different in that world. And the reason why we've not used them on a regular basis is because of everything I just said. They just don't have the low-end torque that you would normally get out of a regular 90-degree crank engine. And, to, and again, I'm, I'm talking as me. So anybody out there, if you want to argue that or give me a different opinion, feel free to do so. I'm not saying I'm 100% correct, but I'm, my feeling, Craig, is why we've not used more of them is because of what I just said. They don't have the low end that you're normally going to get out of a 90-degree cranked engine. Now, are they going to be a, a higher maintenance engine, less durability? No, I think they've got all that. You know, in today's world, the majority of that's pretty well figured out. And they've been running flat, flat plane cranks in the racing world for a very long time now. So, no, that part of it I think they've got dialed in very well. They know exactly what they need to do and not do. Ford's been running one in the Mustang now for several years. So, really, Chevrolet's behind, if you want to say it that way, in that world because, the you know, the GT500s and even some of the other Mustangs have had flat plane cranks for a while now. Okay. Um, what color are you going to order? Um, you know, I don't know. I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Probably another red one. I just, just kind of my color. Okay. Just me. Okay, that's all I had. You're welcome, Craig. No, appreciate it very much. And and again, there's lists out there. If you can jump on one, I would. You know, by the way, I would encourage you to jump on a list, even if you don't plan on buying a Z06. I think depending upon how popular that car is, which I think it is very popular. You may very well be able to even sell your name on the list at some point if you find yourself on it in the right place. So there's some method to the madness there of whether you're going to buy the car or not. Just getting on the list isn't a half bad idea. In fact, somebody, one of the other listeners I have that we communicate frequently already jumped on the list for when the Z cars come out, uh, you know, the ZR cars come out on the Corvette end of things. So if you really want to be in advance of that, you know, you could jump on those lists, and whether you decide to buy the car or not will be up to you at that point, but at least you're in line. And, again, depending upon the popularity of the car, might be able to sell your name on that list. So, again, just food for thought. Dennis in Denver, you're next. Hey, John, I've got several items. Uh, first of all, your question of the day. Uh, the next-door neighbor has a BMW all-wheel drive SUV, and his vanity plate is get you one. Get you one. Good one. I've also seen a eight-letter vanity plate out there. Uh, the letters are I-N-V-U-O-U-Q-T. Okay. Tell me what it means. Well, I-N-V-U-O-U-T-O-I-N-V-U. Ah. Got um, it. And that eight, by the way, that eight... That's an old vanity plate because, as you know, we haven't done eight letters in a long time. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It was a short run too. We didn't do it for very long; just a few years is all. But it gives much more opportunity yes. to do some yes excellent yeah. uh, vanity plates. Right. Uh, if you are able to get that spokesperson on for the air care program, mm -hmm. would you ask them when they when we might expect to see roadside diesel testing? It's in the works. I can tell you right now, that's already their plan. In fact, for those of you listening, the plan is to do roadside diesel testing. It's in the works as we speak. And they're also going to expand the diesel program, most likely to be a statewide program, not just along the Front Range Colorado Springs area. They're planning on doing it statewide. 
Oh man, there's going to be some rude awakenings. Yes, out there, there is. Right? There is. Yes, there is. But that is that we, we my my sons and I were talking about that the other day and reading some of the articles on that and you know some of the preliminary things being talked about at the state level is yes, they're going to make that and probably see us an emissions program be statewide before long. Don't don't be surprised at that. In in fact, Dennis, my prediction is they'll make the two together. They'll coincide it and make it all one. Sure, sure. Um seems to be a lot of uh, oil questions, especially EPR. So always. that's what made and, me And by the way, it's always in. a great question. For those of you listening, please don't ever think that you're asking that you know, out of order or we're doing that too much. That's just always a big topic, Dennis, and always willing to answer those questions because it's one of the big questions that even comes in via email all the time. Sure. So wife drives a 2005 Chevy Tahoe 5.3 liter. Okay. And since I've made the transition to synthetic oil, mm -hmm. And then uh, BG EPR, and finally BG MOA. That motors developed a lifter noise, and I'm wondering whether BG would do anything for me. Uh, the EPR was used every other oil change. Um, it's got about 160,000 miles on it now. Since this lifter noise has developed, I've been using it for the last two or three oil changes in a row, along with MOA. MOA helps for maybe three or 400 miles, mm -hmm. and it's right back. Wait, and what year is it again? I'm sorry, I missed that part. Oh, five. Uh... It's driving the manager of war and finance absolutely bonkers. Given that that's a that's a hereditary problem with that engine, I doubt if BG is going to do anything. I mean, you can always ask, Dennis. It never hurts to ask. But knowing that that's hereditarily an issue, I doubt it. Uh, do you have any experience with Lucas oil stabilizer? Yes. Would that help? I doubt it. Again, that's an inherent problem those vehicles have, and the only way to fix it is mechanically. I don't know of any additives or anything along those lines that are going to take care of the problem. And Josh over here nodding his head, so he agrees. Okay. Um, with 160,000 miles on that, would you let it go or would you let it... How, how noisy is it? it? Depends on the day. Okay, so you even know, even at its noisiest point, I mean, can you hear it over the radio? Or if you turn the radio on a little bit, do you not hear it? I mean, how loud is it? Um, it's an issue at idle. Because I can romp on it and get it to go away temporarily. Drive it. Okay. Drive it. What would it take to repair that? They take the top end of the engine apart, do yeah. lifters. And rockers. And sometimes cam, depending upon how it looks. Okay. It most, really, at 160, cam, rockers, push rods, the whole bit is what I would do at that point at 160. As opposed to a Jasper engine? At 160, as long as compression and everything else looks good, and you know you can use a bore scope even inside the plug and look to see what the top of the pistons look like. I mean, that engine will run for a very long time. This is the one weak point that it has. As long as the rest of that's good, no, I think I'd cam it and run it at another 100K. Okay. Is it, uh, percentage ahead, is it burning any oil? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely then. Um, Percentage-wise, what would the savings for the... Cam and rockers be over a engine third, probably. 
I mean, keep so, in mind, when you do the cam and stuff, I mean, all that can be done in the chassis. You don't even have to take the engine out of the vehicle. So, you know, you don't have to even take the heads off. So, I mean, all that can be done in the chassis. And, you know, I mean, the labor savings and the cost of the engine itself, I mean, it's a lot cheaper to buy cam, lifters, rockers, and push rods than it is an entire engine. Any guesses as to a ballpark? Oh, any more. If you do a full engine, it's 10K minimum. I bet you can do the lifters right. and all that for probably three, three to four. So it's a, it's, a, it's a third to, you know, less than half of what the engine would be, Dennis. Okay. And the... And I'm guessing, by the way, you, you'd have to ask around and really have somebody, you know, look at that more closely and give you an exact price. But I'm probably not far off in my guess. Sure, and the parts would probably be better where this problem isn't going to come back. Yeah, they've improved that part of it. They knew the issues they had, and they've, yes, they've, uh, they've worked around that, yes. Okay. Good to know. Thanks, John. So, no, there you go, Dennis. I appreciate it. In fact, some of those, you, I've seen pictures, even videos and so on. You have too, Josh, where the rollers, you know, the roller rocker, you know, the roller lifters will even, you know, come apart. And that's part of what's happening is that most likely the lifters have the roller on the lifters worn out is where that noise is coming and from. That typically. was the issue with the one we did like two weeks ago. Right. That's the, typically what the happens. The rollers came out of the roller that's rockers right. and metal went through the whole thing. So that's it right. was engine time. That's it? right. That's right. So if you do it before that, you won't have that issue. John and Ron, hang tight, guys. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. 
Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The Performance Oil Service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. BG. Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com, that's drive-radio.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Up in Boulder. Find Josh and all of our other sponsors, by the way, on the website, drive-radio.com, as you just heard a moment ago. Ron and Firestone, you're next. Hello, Ron. Hey, uh, John. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing great. I really am. It's a beautiful day. 2015 Ram, and I keep getting this readout on the dash that the brake light's out. Okay. Yeah, the right rear. So I took it apart, uh, replaced the socket, which the OE socket looked, um, I can't say burnt, but discolored somewhat, you know? Okay. And so I decided to go ahead and replace them both, and uh, new bulbs, and still... There's no codes on my uh, code reader. Uh, it still says the brake light is out. you have any ideas on that, John? And it does tell you specifically it's at right rear? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right rear, yes. And that goes through the body control module. So somewhere it's got some sort of of um, resistance issue because that's resistance. how it reads it. it. It knows that there's something that's dropped there and why it's turning it on. So it doesn't think the light's on for some odd reason. Is the light coming on, by the way, and is it bright? Oh yes! Oh yeah! It's it's okay. good. It it's well. Now that's a question: if it's bright or not, I'll have to. And the way to test that would be, you know, it does come on. you have it out of it, and then have somebody step on it and see if it's nice and bright. If it's not nice and bright, you might have a ground issue, which would be why that's on also. Okay. Okay. Ground issue. Because a ground All issue, right. they'll still light in a lot of cases, but they won't be full bright, and that's typically where we know we've got oh, a ground okay. problem. And you have the All original right. incandescent bulb in there, not you didn't replace it with like an LED. Yeah, that's an I'll issue. That Thank issue you for asking. Yes, yes. Okay. Wow. Okay, that might be. Uh, I'll, I'll check that out, John. All and right, then, Ron. And and and, 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 and and Josh just asked. It's you put a regular incandescent bulb back in, and not one of the new LEDs, right? Uh, right. Yes. Okay. Yes, so it's yes. got a filament in it. In other words. Right. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Perfect. That's that's what we want. Nice. Okay. 
Let Love us know, yourself. Ron. Thank you no, very appreciate much. it. And, Thank you. and Josh just brought up something great there, by the way. A lot of you guys out there listening, and a lot of folks have done it. And in some cases, it works fine. But that's changing over your regular incandescent bulbs to LEDs. That doesn't always go as planned mm-hmm. because they don't have the same resistance depending upon who's made the LED. The high-quality LEDs, the manufacturers will make sure they've got the same resistance as a regular incandescent bulb does. But some of the uh, other cheaper Chinese quote-unquote brands, I'll just be honest, don't have that, and they will set codes. Yeah, that $10, 20-pack of bulbs from Amazon. <laughs> will set a code. Every time. That's right. John and Centennial, you're next. Hey, good show, guys. I have a BG question, but before that, I want to tell you about a supply issue that I have. I have a 210 Audi Q5 with a 3.2 non-turbo engine, and the power steering hose was leaking, and I took it in, and uh, it took them two weeks to find a power steering hose. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. They had to bring it in from another state. But what my question is, and I didn't at the time, I had the oil change, so it was just last week. Uh, I'm going to be taking a 3,000-mile trip over Thanksgiving, round trip. What BG product do I want to put in the car for, you know, on the oil and the gas, and then when I come back, I'll change the oil again? If you, I mean, just for precautionary measures, you could put MOA in it before you take the trip. Not going to hurt anything. And so 44K, you'll do, a, you know, especially before you hit the road, do 44K, does nice injection cleaning and not hurting anything at all. And I would just do those two, and you don't need anything else, John. Okay, now on the MOA, can I add that on top of the oil? Sure can. Take a quart out. No, there's not that much going into it. Okay, so MOA for that and the 44 for the That's right. um, gas. When's the last time you changed it? Well, just last week. Oh, just put MOA in it. You'll be fine. Okay. Yep. All right. You're good. good. Not going to hurt anything at all. All right. Thanks. You're all welcome, right. John. Appreciate it very much. All right. We've got uh, Tim and Longmont. we got about a minute left. If I can't get your question completely answered, I'll hold John till the you know till we come back top of the hour. But go ahead, Tim. Uh, I've got a uh, 89 Blazer that I only drive about 3,000 miles a year. I was wondering if I'm okay just using conventional oil or if I no. would be wise to go to a yes. synthetic. I, I, I'm one, and I've said this so many times, even to clients of mine, I don't know why we build anything other than synthetic oil today. With modern engines, where we're at, knowing the advantages of the other oil should not even be on the market, in my opinion. Okay. And one other real quick question. Uh, uh, I've got a garage that I use as uh, a workshop, mm-hmm. and uh I was wondering if you've had any experience with infrared radiant heaters that hang from the ceiling. A ton. Hold tight. Uh, we'll take that. We, that's a great question. It's kind of not drive radio related, but it is. So hang tight, Tim. That's a great question. I'll answer that as soon as I come back. Yes, I have those in my own shop. So we'll come right back and talk about that. Tim, hang tight. Great question, by the way. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Charlie Grimes, Engineer, and Larry Unger. we got lines open, 303 477 And uh, you can text us as well, 307 307- 282222. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.